Overtones by Alice Gerstenberg. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Characters Harriet, a cultured woman. Read by Christine G. Hetty, her primitive self. Read by Amanda Friday. Margaret, a cultured woman. Read by Charlotte Duckett. Maggie, her primitive self. Read by Pamela Krantz. Narrated by Elizabeth Clatt. Time, the present. Scene, Harriet's fashionable living room. The door at the back leads to the hall. In the centre a tea-table with a chair either side. At the back a cabinet. Harriet's gown is a light, jealous green. Her counterpart, Hetty, wears a gown of the same design but in a darker shade. Margaret wears a gown of lavender chiffon, while her counterpart, Maggie, wears a gown of the same design in purple, a purple scarf veiling her face. Chiffon is used to give a sheer effect, suggesting a possibility of primitive and cultured selves merging into one woman. The primitive and cultured selves never come into actual physical contact, but try to sustain the impression of mental conflict. Harriet never sees Hetty, never talks to her, but rather thinks aloud looking into space. Hetty, however, looks at Harriet, talks intently and shadows her continually. The same is true of Margaret and Maggie. The voices of the cultured women are affected and lingering, the voices of the primitive, impulsive, and more or less staccato. When the curtain rises Harriet is seated right of tea-table, busying herself with the tea-things. Harriet! There is no answer. Harriet, my other self! There is no answer. My trained self! Harriet listens intently. Yes? From behind Harriet's chair, Hetty rises slowly. I want to talk to you. Well? Hetty, looking at Harriet admiringly. Oh, Harriet, you are beautiful today. Am I presentable, Hetty? Suits me. I've tried to make the best of the good points. My passions are deeper than yours. I can't keep on the mask as you do. I'm crude and real. You are my appearance in the world. I am what you wish the world to believe you are. You are the part of me that has been trained. I am your educated self. I am the rushing river. You are the ice over the current. I am your subtle overtones. But together we are one woman, the wife of Charles Goodrich. There I disagree with you, Hetty. I alone am his wife. Hetty, indignantly. Harriet, how can you say such a thing? Certainly. I am the one who flatters him. I have to be the one who talks to him. If I gave you a chance, you would tell him at once that you dislike him. Hetty, moving away. I don't love him, that's certain. You leave all the fibbing to me. He doesn't suspect that my calm, suave manner hides your hatred. 
considering the amount of scheming it causes me, it can safely be said that he is my husband. Oh, if you love him. I? I haven't any feelings. It isn't my business to love anybody. Then why need you object to calling him my husband? I resent your appropriation of a man who is managed only through the cleverness of my artifice. You may be clever enough to deceive him, Harriet, but I am still the one who suffers. I can't forget he is my husband. I can't forget that I might have married John Caldwell. How foolish of you to remember John, just because we met his wife by chance. That's what I want to talk to you about. She may be here at any moment. I want to advise you about what to say to her this afternoon. By all means, tell me now, and don't interrupt while she's here. You have a most annoying habit of talking to me when people are present. Sometimes it is all I can do to keep my poise and appear not to be listening to you. Impress her. Hetty, dear, is it not my custom to impress people? I hate her. I can't let her see that. I hate her because she married John. Only after you had refused him. Hetty, turning on Harriet. Was it my fault that I refused him? That's right. Blame me. It was your fault. You told me he was too poor and never would be able to do anything in painting. Look at him now, known in Europe, just returned from eight years in Paris. Famous. It was too poor a gamble at the time. It was much safer to accept Charles' money and position. And then John married Margaret within the year. Out of spite. Freckled, gawky-looking thing she was, too. Harriet, a little sadly. Europe improved her. She was stunning the other morning. Make her jealous today. Shall I be haughty or cordial or caustic or— Above all else, you must let her know that we are rich. Oh, yes, I do that quite easily now. You must put it on a bit. Never fear. Tell her I love my husband. My husband? Are you going to quarrel with me? Harriet moves away. No, I have no desire to quarrel with you. It is quite too uncomfortable. I couldn't get away from you if I tried. Hetty, stamping her foot and following Harriet. You were a stupid fool to make me refuse, John. I'll never forgive you. Never. Harriet, stopping and holding up her hand. Don't get me all excited. I'll be in no condition to meet her properly this afternoon. Hetty, passionately. I could choke you for robbing me of John. Harriet, retreating. Don't muss me. You don't know how you have made me suffer. Harriet, beginning to feel the strength of Hetty's emotion, surge through her, and trying to conquer it. It is not my business to have heartaches. You're bloodless, nothing but sham, sham, while I— Harriet, emotionally. Be quiet! I can't let her see that I have been fighting with my inner self. And now, after all my suffering, you say it has cost you more than it has cost me to be married to Charles. But it's the pain here in my heart. I've paid the price. I've paid. Charles is not your husband. Harriet, trying to conquer emotion. He is. Hetty follows Harriet. He isn't. Harriet, weakly. He is. Hetty, towering over Harriet. He isn't. I'll kill you. Harriet, overpowered, sinks into a chair. Don't. 
don't you're stronger than i oh. say he's mine he's yours the telephone rings there she is now hetty hurries to phone but harriet regains her supremacy harriet authoritatively wait i can't let a telephone girl down there hear my real self it isn't proper at phone show mrs caldwell up i'm so excited my heart's in my mouth harriet at the mirror a nice state you've put my nurse into don't let her see you're nervous quick put the veil on or she'll see you shining through me harriet takes a scarf of chiffon that has been lying over the back of a chair and drapes it on hetty covering her face the chiffon is the same color of their gowns but paler in shade so that it pales hetty's darker gown to match harriet's lighter one as hetty moves in the following scene the chiffon falls away revealing now and then the gown of deeper dye underneath tell her charles is rich and fascinating boast of our friends make her feel she needs us i'll make her ask john to paint us that's just my thought if john paints our portrait we can wear an exquisite gown and make him fall in love again and harriet schemingly yes margaret parts the portieres back centre and extends her hand margaret is followed by her counterpart maggie oh margaret i'm so glad to see you hetty to maggie that's a lie margaret in superficial voice throughout it's enchanting to see you harriet maggie in emotional voice throughout i'd bite you if i dared harriet to margaret wasn't our meeting a stroke of luck margaret coming down left of table i thought of you so often harriet and to come back and find you living in new york harriet coming down right of table mr goodrich has many interests here maggie to margaret flatter her i know mr goodrich is so successful hetty to harriet tell her we're rich harriet to margaret won't you sit down margaret takes a chair what a beautiful cabinet do you like it i'm afraid charles paid an extravagant price maggie to hetty i don't believe it margaret sitting down to harriet i'm sure he must have harriet sitting down how well you are looking margaret yes you are not there are circles under your eyes maggie to hetty i haven't eaten since breakfast and i'm hungry margaret to harriet how well you're looking too maggie to hetty you have hard lines about your lips are you happy hetty to harriet don't let her know that i'm unhappy harriet to margaret why shouldn't i look well my life is full happy complete i wonder hetty in harriet's ear tell her we have an automobile margaret to harriet my life is complete too my heart is torn with sorrow my husband cannot make a living he will kill himself if he does not get an order for a painting margaret laughs <laughs> you must come and see us in our studio john has been doing some excellent portraits he cannot begin to fill his orders hetty to harriet tell her we have an automobile harriet to margaret do you take lemon in your tea take cream it's more filling margaret looking nonchalantly at tea things no cream if you please how cosy 
Maggie, glaring at tea-things. Only cakes! I could eat them all! Harriet, to Margaret. How many lumps? Sugar is nourishing. Maggie, to Margaret. Three, please. I used to drink very sweet coffee in Turkey, and ever since that I've— I don't believe you were ever in Turkey. I wasn't, but it is none of your business. Harriet, pouring tea. Have you been in Turkey? Do tell me about it. Maggie, to Margaret. Change the subject. You must go there. You have so much taste in dress you would enjoy seeing their costumes. Isn't she going to pass the cake? Margaret, to Harriet. John painted several portraits there. Hetty, to Harriet. Why don't you stop her bragging and tell her we have an automobile? Harriet offers cake across the table to Margaret. Cake? Maggie stands back of Margaret, shadowing her as Hetty shadows Harriet. Maggie reaches claws out for the cake and groans with joy. At last! But her claws do not touch the cake. Margaret, with a graceful nonchalant hand, places cake upon her plate and bites at it slowly and delicately. Thank you. Hetty, to Harriet. Automobile! Maggie, to Margaret. Follow up the costumes with the suggestion that she would make a good model for John. It isn't too early to begin getting what you came for. Margaret, ignoring Maggie. What delicious cake! Hetty, excitedly to Harriet. There's your chance for the auto. Harriet, nonchalantly to Margaret. Yes, it is good cake, isn't it? There are always a great many people buying it at Harper's. I sat in my automobile fifteen minutes this morning waiting for my chauffeur to get it. Maggie, to Margaret. Make her order a portrait. Margaret, to Harriet. If you've stopped at Harper's, you must have noticed the new gowns at Henderson's. Aren't the shop windows alluring these days? Even my chauffeur notices them. I know you have an automobile. I heard you the first time. I notice gowns now with an artist's eye as John does. The one you have on, my dear, is very paintable. Don't let her see you're anxious to be painted. Harriet, nonchalantly. Oh, it's just a little model. Maggie, to Margaret. Don't seem anxious to get the order. Margaret, nonchalantly. Perhaps it isn't the gown itself, but the way you wear it that pleases the eye. Some people can wear anything with grace. Yes, I'm very graceful. Harriet, to Margaret. You flatter me, my dear. On the contrary, Harriet, I have an intense admiration for you. I remember how beautiful you were, as a girl. In fact, I was quite jealous when John was paying you so much attention. She is gloating because I lost him. Those were childhood days in a country town. Maggie, to Margaret. She's trying to make you feel that John was only a country boy. Most great men come from the country. There is a fair chance that John will be added to that list. I know it, and I am bitterly jealous of you. Undoubtedly he owes much of his success to you, Margaret, your experience in economy and your ability to endure hardship. Those first few years in Paris must have been a struggle. She is sneering at your poverty. Yes, we did find it difficult at first. Not a luxurious start a girl has who marries for wealth. Hetty, to Harriet. Deny that you married Charles for his money. Harriet deems it wise to ignore Hetty's advice. But John and I are so congenial in our tastes. 
that we were impervious to hardship and unhappiness. Hetty, in anguish. Do you love each other? Is it really true? Harriet, sweetly. Did you have all the romance of starving for his art? Maggie, to Margaret. She's taunting you. Get even with her. Not for long. Prince Rier soon discovered John's genius, and introduced him royally to wealthy Parisians who gave him many orders. Hetty, to Maggie. Are you telling the truth, or are you lying? If you had so many opportunities there, you must have had great inducements to come back to the States. Maggie, to Hetty. We did, but not the kind you think. John became the rage amongst the Americans travelling in France, too, and they simply insisted upon him coming here. Whom is he going to paint here? Maggie, frightened. What names dare I make up? Margaret, calmly. Just at present, Miss Dorothy Ainsworth of Oregon is posing. You may not know the name, but she is a daughter of a wealthy miner who found gold in Alaska. I dare say there are many Western people we have never heard of. You must have found social life in New York very interesting, Harriet, after the simplicity of our hometown. Hetty, to Maggie. There's no need to remind us that our beginnings were the same. Of course Charles' family made everything delightful for me. They are so well connected. Maggie, to Margaret. Flatter her. I heard it mentioned the other day that you have made yourself very popular. Someone said you were very clever. Harriet, pleased. Who told you that? Nobody. Margaret, pleasantly. Oh, confidences should be suspected, respected, I mean. They say, too, that you are gaining some reputation as a critic of art. I make no pretenses. Are you and Mr. Goodrich interested in the same things, too? No. Yes, indeed. Charles and I are inseparable. I wonder. Do have another cake. Maggie, in relief. Oh, yes. Again her claws extend, but do not touch the cake. Margaret takes cake delicately. I really shouldn't. After my big luncheon, John took me to the Ritz, and we were invited to the Bedfords for dinner. They have the most magnificent house near the drive. I really shouldn't. But the cakes are so good. Starving. Harriet to Margaret. More tea? Yes. No, thank you. How wonderful life has arranged itself for you. Wealth, position, a happy marriage, every opportunity to enjoy all pleasures, arts, beauty. How happy you must be. Hetty in anguish. Don't call me happy. I've never been happy since I gave up John. All these years without him, a future without him. No, no, I shall win him back, away from you, away from you. Harriet does not see Maggie pointing to cream, and Margaret stealing some. I sometimes think it is unfair for anyone to be as happy as I am. Charles and I are just as much in love now as when we married. To me, he is just the dearest man in the world. Maggie, passionately. My John is. I love him so much I could die for him. I'm going through hunger and want to make him great, and he loves me. He worships me. Margaret, leisurely to Harriet. I should like to meet Mr. Goodrich. Bring him to our studio. John has some sketches to show. 
not many because all the portraits have been purchased by the subjects he gets as much as four thousand dollars now hetty to harriet don't pay that much harriet to margaret as much as that not really too much when one considers that john is in the foremost rank of artists today a picture painted by him will double treble in value it's all a lie he is growing weak with despair does he paint all day long no he draws advertisements for our bread margaret to harriet when you and your husband come to see us telephone first yes so he can get the advertisements out of the way otherwise you might arrive when he has a sitter and john refuses to let me disturb him then make her ask for an order harriet to margaret lagrange offered to paint me for a thousand louis lagrange's reputation isn't worth more than that well i've heard his work well mentioned yes he is doing splendid work how dear me no he is only praised by the masses he is accepted not at all by the artists themselves hetty anxiously must i really pay the full price lagrange thought i would make a good subject maggie to margaret let her fish for it of course you would why don't you let lagrange paint you you trust him she doesn't seem anxious to have john do it but if lagrange isn't accepted by artists it would be a waste of time to pose for him, wouldn't it? Yes, I think it would. Maggie, passionately to Hetty across back of table. Give us the order. John is so despondent he can't endure much longer. Help us, help me, save us. Hetty to Harriet. Don't seem too eager. And yet, if he charges only a thousand, one might consider it. If you really wish to be painted, why don't you give a little more and have a portrait really worth while? John might be induced to do you a little below his usual price, considering you used to be such good friends. Hetty, in glee. Hurrah! Harriet, quietly to Margaret. That's very nice of you to suggest. Of course, I don't know. Maggie, in fear. For God's sake, say yes. Margaret quietly to harriet of course i don't know whether john would he is very peculiar about these matters he sets his value on his work and thinks it beneath him to discuss price hetty to maggie you needn't try to make us feel small still i might quite delicately mention to him that but inasmuch you have many influential friends that you would be very glad to to maggie to hetty finish what i don't want to say hetty to harriet help her out oh yes introductions will follow the exhibition of my portrait no doubt i hetty to harriet be patronizing no doubt i shall be able to introduce your husband to his advantage maggie relieved saved if i find john in a propitious mood i shall take pleasure for your sake in telling him of your beauty just as you were sitting now would be a lovely pose maggie to margaret we can go now hetty to harriet don't let her think she is doing us a favour 
it will give me pleasure to add my name to your husband's list of patronesses maggie excitedly to margaret run home and tell john the good news margaret leisurely to harriet i little guessed when i came here for a pleasant chat about old times it would develop into business arrangements i had no idea harriet that you had any intention to be painted by lagrange too well i came just in time to rescue you maggie to margaret run home and tell john hurry hurry hetty to harriet you managed the order very neatly she doesn't suspect that you wanted it now if i am not satisfied with my portrait i shall blame you margaret dear i'm relying upon your opinion of john's talent maggie to margaret she doesn't suspect what you came for run home and tell john you always had a brilliant mind margaret ah it is you who flatter now maggie to margaret you don't have to stay so long hurry home ah one does not flatter when one tells the truth margaret smiles i must be going or you will have me completely under your spell hetty looks at clock yes do go i have to dress for dinner harriet to margaret oh don't hurry maggie to hetty i hate you margaret to harriet no really i must but i hope we shall see each other often at the studio i find you so stimulating hetty to maggie i hate you harriet to margaret it is indeed gratifying to find a kindred spirit maggie to hetty i came for your gold margaret to harriet how delightful it is to know you again hetty to maggie i am going to make you and your husband suffer my kind regards to john maggie to hetty he has forgotten all about you margaret rises he will be so happy to receive them hetty to maggie i can hardly wait to talk to him again i shall wait then until you send me word margaret offering her hand i'll speak to john about it as soon as i can and tell you when to come harriet takes margaret's hand affectionately hetty and maggie rush at each other throw back their veils and fling their speeches fiercely at each other i love him i love him he's starving i'm starving i'm going to take him away from you i want your money and your influence i'm, I'm going, going to, to rob, rob you, you rob, rob you, you. There is a cymbal crash. The lights go out and come up again slowly, leaving only Margaret and Harriet visible. Margaret, quietly to Harriet. I've had such a delightful afternoon. Harriet, offering her hand. It has been a joy to see you. Margaret, sweetly to Harriet. Goodbye. Harriet, sweetly to Margaret as she kisses her. Goodbye, my dear. Curtain. End of Overtones by Alice Gerstenberg.